everybody. Thank you for listening again. This is episode six, chapter five, where we learn the origin of the thysis. Chapter five. Rebecca sat upon the Thrawn Temple's floating foundation. All around her, crystal footings stood, glinting darkly in the setting sun. They seemed like teeth in a huge bear trap, set to catch a lumbering god. Orange sunlight twisted through them and turned cold, fire glimpsed through icicles. Rebecca shook her head, a shiver running through her. She had not anticipated this mood of her temple. Its other moods were wondrous. Before dawn, it caught the coming radiance and brought it down to the people of Halcyon. In daylight, it was a warming marvel that gleamed like the city's own private sun. Even beneath blue clouds, the temple teased strands of red and yellow light from the rest and sent them down across the city. When thunderheads piled into the sky, the temple made one lightning strike into twenty. It peered into the malicious heart of the storm and terrified all inside the city, but also foretold the first break of sun through the clouds. At sunset, though, in premonition of the coming night, a frigid, collisionous presence possessed the structure. Beaming gold became icy silver. Crimson flames became blankets of snow. Twice, Rebecca tried to linger in the chill temple. The place had become a cave of ice. Moonlight and starlight had spun themselves into specters and wraiths. The temple that focused daylight in upon its worshippers did the same to night, leaving the heart black and cold and haunted. Rebecca had stood at the center of her creation and striven to endure it. She could not. Was this truly a fault of design or art? An oracle sees what an oracle sees. Tonight, Rebecca was determined to remain. Body weary with the day and skin dotted with sweat, she trembled. The malign presence, darkness incarnate, wrapped her and chilled her. Leaving was almost as terrible as remaining. Rebecca's architecture of ascension did not allow for pleasant departures. To leave any of her buildings meant regression, slipping back from sublimity into mundanity. All that was gained by entering was lost by leaving. The structure was the worst. It had the longest, most torturous descent of any building she had created, all of it in a region of soul-stealing dark and cold. With greater promise comes greater peril, Rebecca reminded herself. To invoke a private sun for her city, she had to invite also the vastness of killing space. If I cannot bear the dark heart of my creation, how can I expect my city to? She drew an algid breath and braced herself against the night. It reached out and bodily lay hold of her. Its hand was heavy and implacable on her shoulder, and it spun her about. There you are, came an accusing voice. A shadow loomed before her. Yogmoth! <gasps> Rebecca gasped. Her knees wanted to fold. He grabbed her arms to hold her up, and his fingers were icicles. She cursed. What are you doing, stalking about in the night? You terrified me. Didn't you hear me calling you? he asked. I was shouting all the way up the dome and the spire. His hands were cold. She drew away from him. No, it's part of the design that the temple blocks out the sound of things below. It's supposed to have pulled free of the world and its shifting demands. Enough! Yogmoth hushed gently. You should spend more time with the people, Rebecca, and less with cold crystal. You love your ideas, your designs, but you forget whom you are designing them for. I'm sorry. I have get so entombed in my work, she said. But tonight is different. This is a vigil. It's a holy pilgrimage through darkness. I am thinking of the people. I'm thinking of the divinity and humanity and the long hours ahead. I've come to get you. 
There is news. Grave news. Lysian? He's fine, he's fine. Yogmoth comforted. For the moment. Though the news does impact him. It impacts us all. What is it? Rebecca asked him, turning towards him. Not here, he said, taking her hand. His fingers now were warm. Below, in the infirmary. I want to tell you and Glacian and Gix all at once. There's a sedan chair waiting at the base of the council hall. I would have landed here, but I don't want anyone to land a sedan chair here. Rebecca broke in. It destroys the symbolism. I know, you and your symbolism, Rebecca. You live in a world of ideas, and an attack on symbolism is for you as devastating as an earthquake is for the rest of us. I know you, my dear. I know that each building you design is meant to invite the rest of us to come live in your world of ideas. I know you build these buildings to bring us close to you, but with every crystal you place, you get farther away. Yogmoth said, Come with me tonight. Come back to the common world below, the world of contingency, as you call it. We have grave contingencies to discuss. Rebecca seemed still lost behind her eyes. She gnawed her lip and simply said, Yes. How could such demons have built this paradise? Gix wondered, strapped to his bed. The ceiling was clean, the bed was warm, the rooms were bright, the food was exquisite, the views spectacular, but the citizens... They treat me like a hunk of meat. Yogmoth forever cut and stitched, impaled and infused. He did it all with feverish intensity, seeing the disease, but not the man. Glacian was worse. He was the monster the rest of the citizens aspired to become. Bitter, selfish, paranoid, brutal. Demons. Shut up, growled Glacian. The man lay still, back towards the untouchable. It's true, you're a bunch of demons, Gix said. You say that only because you don't belong here. We've built this city and we belong in it. <coughs> Glacian coughed spastically. You and your kind build what you built in the caves, and that is where you belong. We didn't build the caves. You did. Gix spat back. <laughs> it's the dark shadow of Halcyon. You can't make a perfect place. You can't make a perfect life. Life is all jumbled up. The good and the bad. All you can do is try to separate them. Put all the good stuff in one place, and all the bad stuff in another. To build your beautiful city, you had to make the Caves of the Damned, where you could stash all the stuff you didn't want. To make your beautiful citizens, you had to throw half of the people into the garbage. We didn't throw you into the garbage. You gravitated towards it yourself, Glacian corrected. We aren't going to be garbage any longer. We're climbing out, Glacian. We're climbing out and looking for the people who shoved us down there. We're going to kill you. Glacian laughed bitterly. <laughs> the sound was almost indistinguishable from his cough. You're going to try to kill us, flooding up the sewers like plague rats. Like rats, <laughs> you'll end up stomped back into the ground. You and your people are doomed, Glacian. You and your people are deluded, Gix. We may all be deluded and doomed, came a voice at the door. Yogmoth strode into the room. His intense eyes seemed to drag the shadow in with him. He cast a looming image across the walls and ceiling. I have some grave news. How are you, Glacian? interrupted Rebecca, rushing to kneel by her husband's bedside. In a ritual well established over the last months, she wrapped a scarf around her nose and mouth and placed a clean cloth over her hands before touching him. Worry filled her eyes. You look worse than this morning. It's this flea-bidden stoat, 
Glacian said, flinging a weary hand back towards Gix. Yammering on with grand delusions of genocide. They may not be delusions, Yagmoth said. I found the cause of the illness. It could well mean the death of all of us in Halcyon. His eyes were twin spikes. And in the caves below, Glacian growled. Well, out with it. We're dying anyway. Power stones, Yagma said. In great concentration, their energies are toxic. What? what? Glacian and Rebecca chorused. Toxic, Yagmoth repeated. He fished a crimson stone from his pocket, a glimmering gem the size of a man's heart. A single stone gives very little danger, but in combination, in devices such as the sedan chairs and whisper doorways, in the very homes and streets of Halcyon, they produce cross currents that disrupt the fabric of growing things. This is the origin of the thysis. Your flesh degenerates because it cannot regenerate. The influence of power stones prevents natural healing, even the provision of tissues with life-sustaining nutrients. That's impossible. <coughs> Glacian said, hacking. Why isn't your hand withering, then? Every creature has a resistance to these effects, just as every creature has a resistance to other diseases. Some might even be immune. But for most of us, our resistance can be worn down by constant exposure to power stone matrices. And once resistance is gone, our tissues break down and die. Eventually. So do we, Yagmoth said grimly. His solemn tones were interrupted by giggles from Gix. <laughs> All eyes turned hatefully on the young man. Even Glacian rolled over to glare. Gix was only encouraged by their ire. He laughed delightedly. <laughs> I told you, you're all doomed. The stones that make your beautiful city possible are killing you. You can't remain here and live. You can't get rid of your power stones without your city collapsing. You won't return to living like every other person in the world. He stopped a shriek with laughter. <laughs> You're killing yourselves, and you're not even willing to stop. <laughs> Your people are just as doomed, Yagmoth said soberly. Glacine might have at last caught the disease when you stabbed him with a power stone, but his resistance had been worn down by long work in the mana rig. And that's why the disease runs rampant in the caves of the damned. The energies in the mana rig are poisoning the untouchables. In a moment, Gix's glee turned to rage. Demons! That's what you are! Demons! Rebecca stood, approaching Yagmoth. She dragged the scarf from her face, imploring eyes fixed on him. This, this can't be true. I've been building the temple for two years now. It's the most powerful matrix of power stones ever assembled. I, I show no signs of the disease. You may be immune, Yagmoth said gently. That is my hope. The fact that you were so long exposed to your husband without catching it makes me think you are. After all, it is contagious, person to person. The ravaged resistance of one ravages the resistance of another. Infected flesh infects other flesh. He clutched her hands in his own. I am hoping you are immune. Lies! Damn lies! Glacian shouted. You came here, an outcast, a criminal. You came because we were desperate to try anything, even your monstrous ideas of healing. Now you tell us power stones, Q? I suppose you want to do away with all artifacts, all artificers. No, this cannot be true. For thousands of years, we have lived with power stones. For thousands of years, healers, true healers, have made us whole with life force, have not carved us up like butchered boars. Those healers have failed you, Yagma said, fire flaring in his eyes. Their very touch is poison to you. More magic to eat away your flesh. 
I offer the only hope. I have found the source of the disease. I will find a cure for it. I will save your miserable life, Glacian, and yours, Gix. I will save the lives of citizens and the damned. I will discover a way to make all of us immune so that the city can live, so that the Thrawn Temple can be the glory of all ages, so that a whole race will leap into the future and not cower back from it. That is what this witch doctor will do. You'll do none of that, hissed Glacian. You're incapable of healing, only dissecting. I'll see you banished again. Wait, Glacian, interrupted Rebecca. I'll rally the elders against you and declare you a criminal of the state. Please, husband, to outlaw your practices, your lies. Are they lies? shouted Yogmoth. He strode to a drawer, drew a scalpel, and slashed down at Gix. The blade cut through the straps from the man's shoulders to his hips. Another deft cut laid open the man's bedclothes, revealing a pale chest and belly marked with lesions. Yogmoth set the crimson power stone on the man's sternum and held Gix's hand down at his side. Even as they all watched, the skin beneath the stone turned brown and cracked. Blood and lymph welled upward. The corruption spread slowly outward. Lies! Lies! Gix shrieked, twisting in agony. Stop, Yogmoth! Rebecca cried, lunging in to grab the stone. She lifted it, but Yogmoth caught her wrist. He glared piercingly into her eyes. Is it a lie? Is it? No! She gasped, staring incredulously at the man's fist. Let go! You're hurting me! You're hurting him! Maybe you are our only hope. Maybe you will find the cure, but don't forget the people you're finding the cure for. These words seemed to stab into Yogmoth. His clenched fingers trembled on her wrist. Then suddenly, he released her hand, rose, and strode to the door. He paused a moment before striding through, turning back towards the woman and his two patients. Haunted eyes stared at Rebecca, and he simply said, Yes. <laughs>